And I saw another sign. Uh, this is another one. This is not the same one. Great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. Now, we're definitely moving into... The wrath of God. Notice the last chapter. You had the wrath of God mentioned in verse 10. And in verse 19. And now we have the seven last plagues. Well, who was it? Talking about somebody had the black plague. Who was it? Who was it that did it? Somebody con contact tracted the black plague, bubonic plague. Now you know where it came from. They figured out it came from rats. You ever have you ever been on a, a pier where there are big ships and they got the big mooring lines? You ever notice that they got metal shields on those big ropes? They're actually called hawsers, but uh, got big metal sheets uh, like cones, but the cones face down. The reason for that, they had to put them on all of them, because those rats climb up those hemp rope, big rope, but they can't get through that shield. And that stopped the bubonic plague at least spreading it all over. But that's how, that's how it got its start, was from rats in filth. All right. So these seven angels have the last plagues. Now that word last is again eschatase, from which we get the word eschatology, study of last things. Uh but now, will this be all of the wrath? No, 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 no. It will be, in them is filled up the wrath of God, the wrath of God for the earth at this time. But you see, the wrath of God is going on right as we speak. Where? In hell. And then when the lake of fire is filled up, it'll be going there. So the wrath of God will never be. So why, why is hell eternal? Sin is eternal. That's right. You think people die and go to hell and quit sinning? No, they continue on. Verse 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. Now, is that a real sea with glass and fire in it? No, it's, a, it, it's an appearance of that. 
Because in that sea, them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So it's not an actual sea. It just has that glorious appearance. Uh, And then all of these folks that have won the victory over the beast, now how many will be there? A bunch. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. Thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee? O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Judgments is the key here. Now, they sing the song of Moses. Well, turn over to Exodus 15. We have to hitch back up on the Old Testament. Actually, I never unhitched it. Well, look at the last two verses of chapter 14 of Exodus. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. I guess the sea washed them up on the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now chapter 15 of Exodus. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation He is my God and I will prepare him and habitation my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank unto the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy, and in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble, and with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, and I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. 
Thou didst blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. <laughs> Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone till the people till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, O which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought them again, the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Thus is the song of Moses. Oh. The movies. Show Pharaoh surviving. What did that last verse say? The horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. There's the song of Moses. Can you tell what the overall theme is? It's rejoicing at the judgment of God on human beings. On this earth. Oh, we got to be nice now. Nice, what that song's about. Say, well, that was just them people back there, they sang that. And, no. They sang the song of Moses up here. And the song of the Lamb. What would the song of the Lamb be? He has redeemed his people. So, judgment, mercy, and salvation. That's the songs that will be sung and are being sung. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. Now he tells us to be holy, for he's holy. Is that thou only art holy, what that means is, that God is holy. Amen. We have to be made holy. God is holy. Right. He's the only holy one. Amen. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. And every knee shall bow and confess. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Uh, 
the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony? That's in heaven. Oh. We find out in the book of Hebrews that all of the tabernacle, as glorious as it was, and the temple, all they are are copies of the real thing. They're just copies of the real thing. So is that, is that original work of art? No, it's just a lithograph. That's just a copy. They just printed that after that. No, that's not. Nah. That's just, it's just a copy of the original. Oh, yeah, it looks good. But you can't touch. I mean, you can feel it. I mean, nothing. But you take a Rembrandt, an original Rembrandt, and put it up against a copy. No comparison. Just no comparison. Well, go look at the Grand Canyon. Eyeball. See it in person. And then go back and look at a picture of it. And your first, your first comment is, pictures just don't do it, don't do it justice. And I think we can do that because I think the tabernacle and the temple, they were built as well as they could humanly be built. And with corrupted materials, they're as good as they could be. But they're not the original thing. They're not the real thing. The real thing's in heaven. And we'll see that. We're there. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven last plagues, there we are again, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. Now those are not, I can't believe it's a girdle girdle. Those are girdles, garments that hold the robe in, on the chest. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, bowls is what they are. Uh, and they are full of the wrath of God. God who liveth forever and ever. That's who it's talking about. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God. And from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. <clears throat> we had this, the seven seals. We had the seven trumpets. The seven thunders. What else am I missing? Now we have the seven vials of the wrath of God. Now, I want the trumpets to be sounded in the second half of the 70th week and us be gone at the middle. That's what I want. I'm not sure that's the way it is.
I'm going to show you why. 1 Corinthians 15. And this has bothered me for a long time, and I've never made any moans about it. Verse 50, Paul says to the church at Corinth, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now, Joel was talking to me earlier, and I guess his daddy had told him that uh, if he dies and goes to heaven, He'll be taking his tattoos with him. But now the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Anything you've got in this flesh. Oki Smith used to do a tremendous job of singing. The only thing in heaven that will be there made by man are the scars in the hands of Jesus. And he was right. Won't be anything carried on from here. Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And flesh and blood cannot go. That's why we've either got to be, got to die and go back to the dust, or else in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, be changed. But either way, this body will never go to heaven. It'll either be go to dust, be resurrected like his body, or else we'll be changed in the air. All right, so just thought I'd mention that. That came up this morning. So behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, that was it, yeah. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we, must, we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality, so when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption and this mortal shall I put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ now here's my problem. Now when the Lord comes, we know that's when the resurrection of the blessed will be. We're all agreed on that. And that's when those which are alive will be caught up in the air and changed on our way up. And those that come out of the grave 
will come out with a brand new glorified body. But now the ones that are in the grave will come before. And I'll be glad to let them if I'm alive. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Get up out there. Come on. There we go. That'll be a happy day. Hmm? I'm thinking that's going to be about the same time. Yeah, these are they which came out of great tribulation. That's 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 all about the same time. Yeah. So, here's my problem though. When is this going to take place? We've got a we've got a a warning blast. The last trump. Well, I've been told I make too much out of that. I hope I do. But the word last is the same word eschatas as is used just as it was on the last plagues. Last in a series. And that's what it means. You can't get any contradiction on that. There isn't any. So, I look through the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. When do we find a specific series of trumpet blasts? Say, so, well, they blew the trumpet in Israel. In the Old Testament, Moses' day. They sure did. They sure did. Blew it a lot. But you don't have the first blast, the second blast, the third, the fourth, and the last blast. You have no way of numbering the trumpet blast in the Old Testament. Huh? Oh, well, yeah, okay, but now you got 49 there. Yeah, that's a series. Yeah. Uh, but the Lord didn't come when the wall fell. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that that probably would be a series, but it's a lot of series. It's 49 of them. Six times, six days, and then seven more, what, 13. Uh, is that what that amounts to? I think so. Huh? You have one time for six days each day. There's six six blasts. Then you had seven times on the seventh day. So that'd be thirteen. Yeah. All right. But we're never we're never schooled in that particular series of blasts. That was just for that particular time. But here, the last trump. So if that's true. Then the last trumpet sounds, and then the Lord comes. Now that, but then the wrath of God continues on after that. So what I'm saying, that those seven trumpets, 
Everybody always puts them in the last half of the week. But the wrath of God still is yet to come. So, is it that the trumpets sound in the first half of the seven-year period? Parallel or, or along with the seals? Some say that. Or do we get through the seals to the middle, the trumpets sound, then the bowls of wrath? That's a myth. I'm telling you what, these are the possibilities. I mean, I think they're legitimate possibilities. But something, there's something to be said for 1 Corinthians 15. That the resurrection does not come until the last trumpet sounds. My opinion, you got questions or comments, I'll try to entertain them. And you won't hurt my feelings if you ask a question. <laughs> All right, so the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God. And from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Well, that just seems just right to me. Whatever size these bowls are, they represent the seven complete bowls of the wrath of God. And they must be emptied up. Well, in Psalm 75, it says, in the, in the Lord's hand is a cup. And he poureth out of that cup, even to the dregs, the bitter dregs on the bottom. The Lord drank that cup. That's the wrath of God. Well, here you've got seven bowls, vials or bowls, and in them, fill up. The wrath of God. Now, not all the wrath will be there, in, like we say, in, in hell and in the lake of fire, but at least all of the wrath of God that is to be poured out on this earth as a result of everything that's happened. So, look at verse 2. The first went, that'd be the first angel, and poured out his vial upon the earth. With that much wrath in that bowl, you ever have a, a thing of hot ice? Yeah. I don't know whether you still buy it or not. I guess you can You know, you don't. It doesn't melt and make water. David, you know what that's called? Dry ice, Dry ice hot ice. Yeah, that's a sublimation. That's one of the rare occurrences 
of a solid becoming a gas without going through the liquid process. That's what a sublimation is. You didn't think I knew that much, did you? <laughs> okay. But that's what dry ice or hot ice is. But you can't stop it from smoking. Or that's not really smoke, but boiling off. Huh? Yeah. You can't stop it. It's going to, it just keeps on. That's why it's good if you build a volcano, model volcano, you put dry ice in it, and it's the volcano's steaming. <laughs> That's how you do that. You used to do that in science projects. But here's what I'm comparing that to in a very small way. These vials of wrath these angels have got, I'm thinking that the smoke is coming off of them. The smoke of God's wrath. And it is so thick and so bad, you can't even go in the temple until they're all emptied up. Alright? So he pulls out the first vial or the bowl upon the earth. And there fell a noisome Nasty and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worship his image. Now I don't know what it's going to look like or feel like. But whoever took his mark and worshipped him that's going to affect them. And you can find that word noisome a few other places. And the prophets mainly. When it says noisome, remember Job? You remember he was full of boils from his head to his feet? Anybody ever have a boil? I've had two or three of them when I was a kid. Now what my mother and dad would do, they'd take a beef steak, piece of beef steak. I don't guess you could afford to buy it now. Take a little piece of beef steak and adhesive tape and tape that over that boil. I don't know how long it would have to stay. I don't forgot. Anybody ever do that with one of them? But when it stayed there so long and you take it off, there would be a core in that boil and that beefsteak would draw that core out of it and then it would start, you put a little medicine on it, start, start getting well. Nobody ever heard of that before? Okay, all right. Huh? I can't remember. I, I don't a day or two. I don't know. Anyway, that's how we treated it. Well, I don't know what this noisome and grievous sore upon men would be, but I've got to say it's something like that. Well, there's poor old Job sitting in ashes. He's been crying, ashes, and got tears running down his face. 
Nobody could even recognize him. He's got all these boils, and he's got pieces of broken potter, the sharp edge, scraping those boils, and you know the stuff that comes out of them. And it's all over. No wonder when his so-called friends saw him, they sat down and cried for a week. And if they'd gone home then, they would have been good friends. But they had to open their mouths. If they'd kept the mouth shut, they'd have been good friends. They had got to say something. And everything they said was wrong. Be careful how we judge somebody. Really. Anyway. A noisome and grievous sore. Now, how many people is that going to affect? Well, I don't know. But it appears to me that there's going to be a bunch of them to take the mark, take the mark, and bow down before the beast, the image of the beast. There's going to be a bunch of them. So there's going to be a lot of people suffering from this. All right? And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Now, remember, soul, it's just life. Animals have souls. They don't have eternal spirits. So every living soul, that's human life, mostly sea life. That would be whales. That would be sharks. And all of the fish. The blood of a dead man. Now, dead men don't bleed. If somebody bleeds out, they die, they quit bleeding. And what happens to that blood? It's dead and it coagulates. Now the sea becomes the the blood of a dead man. I guess that's how all the everything dies. What a horrible thought. Now this is read this way for two thousand years. <laughs> I didn't invent this. Now the third angel, verse 4. Poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. Now it doesn't specifically say the blood of a dead man. You might uh, suggest that it was the same. I don't know. But it just says blood. And I don't think we've got anything to shout right home about. It just became blood, not just the blood of a dead man. 
I don't think anything's going to live in that either. I don't think, I don't think this water treatment plant down at the Kentucky River that the water company they treat that water I don't think they've got enough chlorine to purify that water if it's blood you see what I'm saying this is going to be worldwide problems. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art right now, angel of the waters. I don't understand any more about that than you do. I just have to say that there's an angel of the waters. Whatever that means, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art. And washed and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. The angel of the waters gives us the definition again of Jehovah. You don't need to go to theology book. There's the definition of Jehovah. The God who always was, who is, or ever is to come. The self-existent, eternal one. Where thou art righteous. And why does he say the Lord is righteous? Because he has thus judged. You mean they're rejoicing at the awful judgment of God? Yes, and so will ever believer. You see, repentance is when we in this flesh, in our spirit, take sides with God against ourselves. Amen. And when we're with him in our glorified, resurrected, completely saved body, soul, and spirit, we will rejoice. And that would be against us and for God. We'll rejoice in the judgment of Almighty God. We won't be shaking our fist at him like so many are in this world today. They rear back and shake their fist at God. But they won't in that day. They, I don't know what they're going to do. We won't be doing that. We're not doing it in the flesh. And we certainly won't be doing it in our glorified bodies. We'll be chiming in with the angel of the waters. Oh Lord, holy and righteous art thou. For thou hast just thus judge <laughs> verse 6 for they have shed the blood of saints they're doing it as we speak folks Muslims all over this world are cutting heads off of people who claim the Lord Jesus Christ 
believers, missionary preachers, gospelers, evangelists are being murdered, tortured, imprisoned because they hate the God of the Bible. But you know what? They just haven't seen what they ought to see. This is righteous judgment of God. You remember what they cried under the fifth altar, the fifth uh, uh, seal, the martyred souls under the altar? How long, O Lord, holy and just, does thou not avenge our blood on them that are on the earth? Well, folks, looky. Looky here. And that's what the angel of the waters is saying. For thou hast ju thus judged, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. John the Baptist, our brother, they cut his head off and gave it to that wicked woman in a charger. Silver platter. And she thought she'd done something. She thought she'd accomplished something. Oh, it was time for John to go. She didn't know it. Didn't really care. But she didn't know that she was doing the will of God. It's time for John to go. And he went. But don't think that it's all forgotten about. Oh, let bygones be bygones. That's what you hear a lot of. No, there won't be any bygones. Every soul that sinneth, it shall die. Every sin shall be judged. True irony. Irony is a figure of speech. Irony was Haman built extremely high gallows to hang Mordecai on. Here's irony. Mordecai is promoted and there's Haman hanging from the galleys that he built the hangman's galley way up high that everybody in Babylon could see it and there he is swinging from a rope around his neck and he built that to, to murder Mordecai, God's man but God promoted Mordecai and put Haman in that galley that hangman's noose. That's irony. This is even ultimate irony. Let's see. The third angel poured his vial on the rivers and the fountains. The second angel poured his vial upon the sea. 
it became as the blood of a dead man. The rivers and the fountains became blood. Oh, well, it seemed like that that bunch has a propensity to shed the blood of the saints and the prophets. The Roman Catholics and others love to shed the blood of our Anabaptist brothers and sisters. They love blood. And they're going to get a lot of it. Thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. These wicked ones are worthy to drink that blood. They don't have anything, they don't have anything else to drink. Anyway, we'll go on.